who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No! With America's sweetheart! With America's sweetheart! Oh my god! The Queen of Glendale! Glendale. Who are you? The Irish American Tornado! Surprise, motherfucker! Molly McAleer! Molly McAleer! Welcome back to Trend Lightly. I'm Molly McAleer, and with me as always is Tiffany Maddox. Tiffany, I'm so happy we're doing this today. I'm so happy we're doing this today. We're so good at podcasting. We're so good at podcast, Guys, we just restarted because we were negging ourselves. And I was like, no, we're not putting it out there. I, you know, and I want to use that as an example to you of the type of thing you should do. You should mm-hmm. definitely be less difficult to yourself and on yourself in the upcoming year. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Our last episode did great, and I'm thinking we made a mistake when it came to our predictions, which is that, one, I it was my bad. I didn't post our predictions list publicly, but two, I felt like you and I should have done a bet. Hmm. I think our bet should be, like, whatever kind of money or whatever it is we want to do to each other. But we should see like who by year's end has the most of their predictions come true. I love that because I'm already seeing little rumblings of our predict because we're basically soothsayers. I'm already seeing the seeds, which, and then it made me feel a little existential because when I see these things be already beginning to happen, I'm like, is it happening because it was going to happen and we are so extremely online that we can predict trends or is it happening because we are the masters of this universe and we're speaking it into existence I don't know well it's definitely the second and I don't think it's happening because we're speaking into existence I think we're saying it because we know it's gonna happen mm-hmm. I'm a very intuitive bitch okay <laughs> I just know how things are gonna go I do 
And I've been paying attention to patterns my whole life. It's one thing that I think I'm very good at is sensing a pattern ramp up and then become mainstream. And I think that um, I, that's why I said I'm no fun. I took my predictions incredibly seriously. And so I think that in a way, I'm so confident about my predictions that I'm willing to do a bet. Okay. Some kind of crypto bet? Well, I don't really like know how to send people crypto. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I could do a bet where like I Venmo you $50 or PayPal you because in your country you don't have Venmo or something. <laughs> what, what is it? You don't have Venmo? No, but I do have Cash App. Uh, yeah, Cash App. Okay. A $50 bet. I don't, oh, I don't have Cash App. No, that's like a – that was like a – oh, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. That's why we – that's why we've got PayPal. That's why we, you and I have to use PayPal with each other because it's a neutral space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cash app bitch. You're a Venmo girl. Maybe we need to do better though than cash because I think that that's not like a threat. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is crazy. You did send me some Trend Lightly Flash tattoo ideas. <gasps> I was thinking tattoo. I was thinking one of us is getting the Tony baby tattoo. <laughs> I'm kind of down. I think I'm kind of down with that. I feel like I kind of was thinking already about getting that tattoo, whether I lose this bet or not. So (laughs) I think if we, whoever, whoever I guess gets the L, whoever doesn't guess the most predictions will have to get the Tony baby tattoo. Okay. I'm in. Let me describe what Tiffany drew here. I don't know. Did you draw this? No, I didn't draw it, but I did assemble it. So they're flash tats. I don't know what that word means, really. I've, you know, I've heard it over the years and I just never investigated any further. But it is a reference to our fantastic episode that we did a few weeks back where we read that Grinch and Tony the Tiger fanfic. And I think the best line was, Tony, baby, you're a mess. Iconic. (laughs) And so Tiffany found this really, like, cute, fantastic little tiger. And he's laying down. You know, he's a mess. And over it, it says, Tony, baby. But, like, there's no, like, comma. It's just Tony, baby. And it's it's one of those perfectly out of context tattoos that, like, if you saw it on anyone, you'd be like, "That's a good job. You did a good job." <laughs> I have like I I have many not great tattoos, so I honestly this would probably be one of the better ones. <laughs> so I'm so down. And now, what is this? This. It took me a really long time to realize that this first one might be a kidney. It is. Yeah. Now it's that is that's what a kidney looks like? Apparently so. It's a it's kind of a um a lot of the kidneys I was looking at. So for context, when I sent Moz these tattoos, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I think we'd finished recording and I you know, if you've seen any of the incredible cover art that I produce on a weekly basis, you'll know that I have a very distinct art style and I, and I couldn't <laughs> sleep. And it got me thinking, what if, what if I got some flash tattoos made 
like for fun of fun trend lightly stuff. So I stayed up and I went hunting for fun tattoo fonts and like slightly crappy illustrations. And I wanted to make like a a trend lightly flash sheet because I know you can get them printed onto like temporary tattoo stuff. And yeah, and I was like, what is like what kind of surmises <laughs> our journey to this point? And I needed to have a kidney in there, but this kidney is is not the best kidney, but all the other kidneys I looked at didn't really look like kidneys. I it's very beautiful. I mean, no wonder you get a kidney stone. Now that I'm looking <laughs> at even just an illustration of one one you know, it's sort of internal system here. No wonder that a stone could come out of there. But it is beautiful. I feel like if Don Dorlin, I'm sure Don, hi Don, I'm sure you're still listening. We're your biggest fans. <laughs> if Don wants to get that tattoo with me, I'll do it. Actually, here's the deal. I kind of also want this one you made that says Juno forever. And <laughs> I, I, I know you didn't mean for me to take this tattoo sheet very seriously but the more I look at it I would fuck with any of these designs I would maybe pull back on some of the details on the leaves of the Juno Forever one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's beautiful (laughs) and it's sincere do you think that this do you think it would be queer baiting if I got a Juno Forever tattoo no because you really do love her oh I know she's my favorite actress but is it are people going to see that and they're going to be like, you know, hey, Malls, do you want to fuck? And I have to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm actually not a lesbian. I just really <laughs> love Juno Temple. Because, like, I kind of feel like if I I, fe- I would feel like that's signaling if I saw that. Well, I don't know. It's a, I think, you know, many layers to the artwork. It is a play on Wino Forever, of course, the yeah. infamous step tattoo. And I would hope that people, I would hope that, you know, with the, with the sheer volume of listeners to this podcast, like everybody would understand, like everybody would just know, like it's, it's right. You don't want to be stupid. You don't want to be stupid and not know. No, it could be embarrassing if you didn't know. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, yeah, especially if we're in Bulgaria, forget it. I'm never getting asked what my tattoos mean in Bulgaria. Are you for real? Okay. Let's get into the show. We've wasted enough of your time. Wordle, have you played? Do you know what? I have. I have. And I, I I was late to the party. So I've only done like three Wordles. And I the I think the first time I got it, I think I've been getting it like on the third line pretty consistently. And I'm Tiffany, like, but I don't is that have you are you the same? I just played yesterday for the first time and I got it on the third line. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Can I say the name? Can I say the word? Yeah, because it now, was yesterday. It's done. Yeah. It was crank. Yeah. And I got it. I think my first try was like crack or something. And I didn't know if you could like repeat letters, but like I just was like thinking of, you know, five letter words, which can be oddly hard sometimes, <laughs> I've noticed. Today I got it on the fourth line and I felt like a failure, but yesterday I was untouchable. It does like this. It gives me the same vibe as like when I do the New York Times mini crossword. Like even though it's like the very low stakes little game, it feels like everything when you complete it quickly and efficiently and correctly. So Wordle is for anyone who's not listening. It's like a free. It's like remember when Sudoku had just dropped. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was big time. It It was was crazy. 
Yeah. Everyone was playing it. And it was like a fun new puzzle, which I'm always amazed when someone can come up with a new puzzle. Yes. That's hot to me. Like, Isn't it really old, though? I don't know. To me, I I don't know. To me, it's new and it's hot. Like, I would <laughs> fuck the guy who invented Wordle for sure. If he was nice. <laughs> I think he is a really nice guy. I've read interviews with him. Oh, see, I was hoping he was dead now that you said that it was old. And now I'm going to take it back because if this is a married man, I'm not going to be talking like that on my podcast. <laughs> but Wordle is like a – so you start out, you log on on your phone or whatever it is you do, and you type like a five-letter word. And if you get any of the letters right, if they are in somewhere in the word but not in the place you had it, the letter will turn yellow. And if you got it in the right place and it's in the word, it will turn green. And so with only five letters involved, it's not a very difficult game. Like I would be concerned actually if you were playing Wordle every day and you would need to read more if you're mm -hmm. doing Wordle every day and you're not getting it at least, you know, one one day out of seven. Yeah, agree. Although there is now, there are some sites that have popped up where you can do like essentially infinite Wordle. So you can just play and play and play. Because at the moment it's like every day there's a new Wordle and everybody globally is playing for the same word. And, the, and then once you solve it, you solve it. You're not really supposed to post it or say it because it's like a global strategic guessing game. But there's like there's like bootleg wordles popping up where people can just like play infinite wordle. I know that because I've been playing it for the last 12 hours. Okay. I, <laughs> can I tell you, I got one on the second line today Ooh. and it was, I know my nips were hard. I've been very <laughs> horny, easy to anger and trying to get stoned as much as possible lately. Like that's just my vibe right now. So... <laughs> I, you know, I have been playing a lot of Wordle and to get it on the second level, I was so turned on by myself. You know, I need to go. I had to go for a walk. <laughs> it was like an intellectual orgasm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm obsessed with this game. I think everyone should be playing like this is the kind of thing that I am convinced is going to keep me from the mental decline I feel I deserve. <laughs> do you do I mean because similarly I mean I do so many things daily that rot my brain that I feel like are just not doing good for my brain that Wordle and the New York Times crossword are the only things keeping like late you know dementia later on in life at bay I think like I just feel like those are the only yeah like brain training that I'm doing there's something that I always have admired about Chelsea Handler um random but I read like a book that she wrote that well no I guess she wrote like the intro but it was really a book that all of her friends contributed chapters to where they sort of explained what knowing her has been like for them and one of her friends mentioned that when they were in their early 20s Chelsea if you walked into her house there would be post-it notes everywhere with new vocabulary words like on the mirrors on random places in the walls on the kitchen on the kitchen cabinets and 
I feel like that's the type of person I desperately want to be. Yeah. More than like a word of the day email. Don't send me an email. Don't, I don't like, I can't be relied on to go onto an app every day unless there's like immediate gratification. Like I'm not necessarily like, I'm not logging on to learn really, unless it's about something that's like of no use to me or anyone. I'm not going to do the app, the calendar, like the little physical calendar. It's a nice idea, but I would probably get anxious and excited the first day and read like half of it and then never tear a page off again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, Tiffany, there's not a lot going for me in terms of keeping my constitution and brain going, but I'm enjoying Wordle and I will be playing Wordle to improve my memory and reflexes. I need to do a lot of those things. I am worried about my brain as I get older. And I think we should all be because you live too long now. There was a <laughs> video. Did you see the TikTok the other day of this like grandma being confronted at the kitchen island after going out to dinner to the restaurant because she had taken two of the little like tins that they brought the french fries to the table in no. and they were in her purse. <laughs> No. And like the the voiceover was like before like you start to hear the family talking. It was like my grandma's been stealing LOL. And like this whole family is like laughing as they confront this older woman about stealing. And I made a stitch and then I like deleted it from my drafts even. I didn't even like want the energy, but I wanted to be like that's a really bad sign. Like when grandma starts stealing, that's actually a really bad sign. Like why are you laughing? But like but older people get there's like two things that I know for sure about people as they get older. One is that kleptomania is rife that like they are known for shoplifting and stealing. Like it is it's like a phenomenon. And the other thing is that older people get STDs like very like voraciously because they're just fucking care homes. Yeah. They're they're, old. That's yeah. the old folks home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, they're horny and they're stealing. And like, I can't speak <laughs> to my dear departed, very, very religious great grandmother's horniness, but I can speak to her stealing because when she was towards the end of her life, when she was in her home and she, she had like very like, very quick onset dementia like she was compass mentors than she wasn't the thing that they found is that basically everybody's reading glasses were going missing and they Mm -hmm. found them all in her bedroom (laughs) I like that I mean listen I'm not gonna say it's not funny and sexy when old people start to steal I agree but is the problem being is it being addressed in a way like you know what I mean? Because she's lying. Grandma's lying in the video. She's going, I don't know how those wound up there. I don't know. And, you know, I mean, if I knew anything about how they were caring for her, that would be one thing. But it is kind of fun when old people steal. But a wordle a day keeps the kleptomania away. I remember seeing an old woman stealing bananas in the grocery store when I was a little girl. And um. I couldn't believe I saw it. And... I remember someone saying to me, you know, because I've talked about it for years. It's it sat with me. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, old people, when their brains start to go, sometimes they start to steal. But years later, someone said to me, 
old people are poor mm. and they probably couldn't afford the bananas and that's why they took them like their social security only goes so far and that makes me want to burn the world yeah so, that makes me want to weep yeah. i'm yeah i don't like to see, you know and and oh i love this one maybe the job maybe the old man working at the grocery store loves having something to do yeah maybe but what if maybe and like you can't just lie to yourself about every old person you see working. You can't say that about every 75-year-old man who's doing Postmates right now that he just <laughs> enjoys working. Some of them have to work and our nation does not take care of the elderly and that's that. Anyway, play word all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to the completely other side of everything, my best friend David Dobrik has a new podcast episode out. You know, I got to watch. I do. I have to watch my boy, Thank David. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I need yeah. someone to do it. Yeah. So he casually brings up around 20 minutes into the podcast that he was talking to a girl about having sex in space. And through that first, like, you know, it always starts with, like, the sexual thing, right? Which I get it. Like, you know, he is a Leo, too. So that's, like, a huge problem with David Dobrik, actually, I do think. But I do understand this, like, sort of, like, horny energy he brings right now. I do understand that. And so he comes in. He's like, yeah, I was talking about having sex in space. He's talking to a girl about it. Anyway, he brings up that he was offered a ticket essentially to go to space and then he's going to like pontificate on that. It's a great clip and it ends with like maybe the coldest line that I've ever heard. This is how, you know, well, we'll just, we'll play the clip before I even start to hedge these things anymore. Here we go. Someone asked you to go on a space flight. Yes. And, and then what'd you say? I said, I would love to. And, and then uh, somehow we got wrapped up into free. It's like a million dollars. They want you to pay a million dollars. It's anybody. Anybody can do it. It's the new fucking flights. Everybody's going. I think it's two. It's like two hundred fifty thousand. It's a million. But yeah, no. It, then we just started talking about like cosmic sex. Like, is that even possible? Like, that must be the highest level of like. And then obviously there's Martian sex, which must be crazy. No one's had sex on Mars other than maybe one of the rovers. Um, <laughs> But like that's pretty miraculous, to like even to think about that. That's a possibility, no? Well, yeah, we'll be living on Mars at some point, right? You think? You see, they yeah. found water on Mars, like like a bottle, like uh, a. Yeah. Someone left this heavy on here. Yeah, an ice mountain. <laughs> uh, a whole pack. What do you mean pack. they found water? You mean they found ice? They found an, they found an underground lake. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to move there because this planet's done. What do you mean done? Like in like. A couple hundred million years it's done? No, I think pretty soon. Like, you think? Yeah. You think we're going to see aliens in our lifetime? Mm -hmm. I think they'll be here next week. Yo, my <laughs> question is, like, what's the rush to, like, like leave Earth? You know what I mean? Like, Earth is so, like, resourceful. I feel like we should just fix it rather than, He's like... He's like, Earth has saddle ranch. Where would we go? <laughs> no, seriously, though, like... Why would I want to... He doesn't even like... No, I know, I know. <laughs> pe 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 I got Earth has... 
export and lifetime fitness. <laughs> it's going to be hard to lift in zero gravity. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, like, that will be tough for you to lift. Why, in, why, in why, why wouldn't people just want to fix Earth? Why would they want to go start something new? How like, will you work out with no gravity? Because I, I think it's people. I think just it's, curious, you mean? I think people are so curious, and it's and it's honestly, it's this is going to sound basic, but I think it's it's just cooler to leave Earth than to fix it. But yeah, so a million dollars to go to space, which I, you know, if I think that he is that bad at money that he would do that. <laughs> but there's something here that I, it is, it's bleak what he's saying. It's totally bleak. It makes my blood run cold, like really, truly. And like, I'm not... Uh, like I'm a ultra, you know, ultra left and very bleeding heart liberal who like wants to create, like wants to ensure that the planet is hab habitable. I wouldn't say I was like a, you know, a hardcore environmentalist by any stretch of the imagination. Like I want all of the things that I want and I want to be able to do long distance air travel and shit like that. But at the same time, like because I'm a human being that exists on the planet who's got my fucking eyes open, I realize that like the planet is dying and every time Bezos or Musk or like whom fucking Richard Branson goes to space, it is like, it, it's like, it perfectly encapsulates like the, just the problem. Like it, he just has beautifully articulated the problem in the most cold, like psychopathic way, which is like, well, we'll just fucking leave earth fine it, it makes me so like I can't even I'm like I'm like frothing at the mouth <laughs> I'm so mad I I'm I understand you're right you're right it's it's bleak I'm gonna come at it from a slightly different perspective I love it when I'm exposed to honesty that is ugly I really do. Like what, some of the best notes I've ever gotten is like, I don't know what this script is. I don't know why you would write it. I don't know where it would go. That is so refreshing to me when someone's just like, oh, no, you're fucking delusional, bitch. It's never happening. And he David Dobrik is this like perfect mouthpiece for what's actually going on with these very wealthy people. Like he's in rooms where this conversation is being had, you know, that mm -hmm. and he's just dumb enough to say it as if he's not also saying to the, you know, 12 million people who are watching that video. Oh yeah. We're leaving you bogans behind. <laughs> I haven't heard bogan in ages. I love that word. Oh, I love Bogan. It's like That's my favorite. It's a, well, I mean, it's about as derogatory as you can get without going to jail these days. But like, I just, that sounded like I'm Joe Rogan. I love that. But no, I, I liked this. I really do. I appreciate when someone's just like, oh no, it is exactly what you think it is. We are mm -hmm. planning to leave you losers behind. And mm -hmm. if that helps with your family planning, use that information to your, like, it, it's great. Actually, I, I think that he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know exactly what you mean he has encapsulated something like what I would say would probably be, be quite a complex problem and he's distilled it into something that is very digestible and very understandable and like and just parroted it in quite a sort of 
it's like it's the manner in which it's told as well which is just so throwaway which tells you just so much it just tells you everything yeah I I cannot tell my intuition is off here because part of me says that someone like David Dobrik is destined to because again in this podcast he reiterates for you know the millionth time that he actually doesn't make money off of YouTube at all and all of his money comes from his other endeavors and I feel like he's destined for some sort of I don't know downfall but like like lack of financial planning long term but thinking about (laughs) it like he is a like he's that white guy teddy bear little bitch that's going to survive us all he will. on this planet and Mars. He'll be the last living person on Mars. He will. And what I am also really interested in from this clip and that sort of whole section in particular is that there's clearly a list of chumps with a lot of money on YouTube who um, are being offered the chance to go to space. So my Mr. Beast prediction is looking more and more real by the day. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I'm thinking that David is actually in with some like shady characters. And I thought about it a lot. We know David Dobrik's a watcher. He's, he's expressed his voyeurism in the past. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. Maybe it makes more sense that one of his celebrity BFFs is John Stamos than I have even bothered (laughs) to put together so far. Because we know our boy John Stamos, not to talk about my family, but we know our boy John Stamos is an absolute horn dog. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there may be a little bit of a watcher connection there. Do you think that they're going to very elite private peep shows? 100%. And I think at those places, they are talking about going to space. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, wait, though. I was surprised by this thing you found. This actually sent me to another planet. (laughs) (laughs) This video you sent me today was my most genuine lol in ages. I like cannot even tell you how deeply this tickled me. Do you know this guy? Is it Tom O. Armstrong? Yeah, I think he's Australian. He's an Australian comedian. Oh, okay. I thought he was maybe from your island. But wait, so he's Australian and he did our favorite thing. He loves to hire cameo people. And he hired the Island Boys, who we didn't cover on here, but they're basically just like, well, they are bogans. I think they are true bogans. And you could pass that, like anyone would identify them as that. They're these guys, they're white guys that have like dreads that look like udders (laughs) on their head. And they have face tattoos. And I think they just like sort of riff in song about being Island Boys. I think that's the whole, I think that's the whole measure of them. I remember when Island Boys were kind of kicking off and I tried to like do a bit of a deep dive on the Island Boys and you really don't have to swim very deep. Like the the pool is very shallow. That is it. (laughs) That is what they do. (laughs) Well, we do know, I can't believe this isn't in the document, 
But the Island Boys walked off of Logan Paul's podcast. They did. And we have also, I mean, I guess you more than I do. I loved it because my Mark Cuban came out. But, like, I loved the announcement with KSI and Logan Paul this week. (laughs) I was obsessed. But before we get to that, because I think we should touch on it briefly, let's play this guy Tom buying a cameo from the Island Boys. And we'll let him explain. All right, so it's been a hot minute since I got celebrities to shout out like Ivan Milat and uh, Rolf Harris. So I thought I'd give it another go. Um, In the news lately, Ghislaine Maxwell, the one who helped Jeffrey Epstein on his island with all the massages and that. Who is more fitting to shout him out, shout her out, than uh, the Island Boys, viral stars? Let's see if they do it. Hi, Ghislaine Maxwell. Jeffrey wants to thank you for all your help on On the the island. island. Please keep it quiet. Jeff is still getting massages up there. Heavenly. Jeff wants you to know that he's hanging in there. Jeff is an island boy. Oh, Jeff is an island boy. Oh, Jeff is up there in the island. I mean, letting you know he's getting massages right now. He's chilling. He really do vibing. I've never... I mean, it's the most inspired thing I've ever seen. It's so deeply inspired. <laughs> the hits just keep coming. Like when you think it can't get more, but like more bizarre and more deranged, it like it like takes it up a notch. It's like it's the perfect video. We have to try and beat this. I am not just gonna let this man do better at cameo than me. This is perfect what he did. The hang in there. I'm sure you're getting massages and massages up in heaven. Keep it quiet. Jeffrey, you're an island boy. Like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm so, I'm so inspired by this. And it only cost, it was £129. So it would have been $150. Now that's a lot of money. But well spent. Mm, yeah I don't okay well yes okay this is actually incredible I will not be spending I thought it was way less than that when I tried to book them before Christmas I think it was like 50 bucks well maybe they've put their prices up now to try and keep scumbags like us out of their their DMs this is what I want to do because I I personally keep my cameo at 15 dollars right I don't want anyone trying to I don't want anyone to think I think I'm worth more than that. But I also am like, if it really means that much to you, YOLO. You know what I mean? I want to find the people who are the cheapest on Cameo to make us Cameos. Yes. Because, like, there's a lot of money to be made in being a guy that charges $500 short. But I think there's actually way more to be made in someone that charges, like, 10 bucks. And I wonder who the cheapest, most famous person is. Well, I hear that Perez Hilton is really good value for money because he, his price is, I, I forget off the top of my head, I can look it up, but his price is pretty accessible. Apparently he's super responsive and he does like quite heartfelt, genuine, good cameos, which is, I, I guess what you want really. Like what's he charging? Oh, he's charging seventy nine ninety nine in pounds. So that's going to be like a hundred dollars. I have beef with him. For real, for real? Well, it's like, no, I mean, he doesn't really know about it. But basically, when I came out to L.A., I think before I came out here for an internship, I went out to L.A., I think just for like a short visit. And we went to 
coincidentally, the my, I was with my friend from college who is born and raised here. And we went to the, God, what, what is it? Like the sunset and something Starbucks that he used to work at. Uh, no, Coffee Bean that he used to work out of. And there, I just saw this guy that was clearly Perez Hilton while I was waiting in line. And I said to my friend, like, oh, my God, that's Perez Hilton. And his blog had maybe been around for, like, one year at that point. And I was like, I'm going to say hi to him. And so I walked up to him and I just said, like, hi, excuse me. And, like, meanwhile, like, I am adorable. I am 21 <laughs> years old. I weigh 90 pounds. Like, I am just a little, just a little waifish nothing sweetie, a little Irish Catholic sweetie. And I walk up to him and I was like, hi, I just wanted to let you know, I really love your blog. And he goes, I don't have a blog. And he's like really loud and mean about it. And the guy next to him, I'll never forget the guy next to him, like side eyes him. Like, why are you being like that to her? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I must have misunderstood. I was like, I was like, wait, no, actually I said, wait, you don't, I was like, oh, sorry, I thought you had a blog. He's like, no, I, I don't have a blog and I don't really use the internet. Uh, oh. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry, I must have mistook you for someone else. And I sort of just walked away. But like, if you have a blog and someone walks up to you, let them say hi. <laughs> yes. And there's no way that I was the one who was outing his celebrity presence. I mean, this is a man whose face was all over the internet because he put it there and was saying where he, like, is that, is that, was that out of control for me to say hi to, was I, am I being a Dumois person who had an unreasonable expectation? No, that's like, uh, but I, that's like a very reasonable approach. I mean, it's not like, he was in like an incredibly vulnerable position. No, I didn't like hold my hand out and say like, Hey, I mean, we didn't even take selfies back then. Certainly would have like, I, it had no like social media expectation because social media wasn't like that back then. So really I was just like someone coming up and saying like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know in my lowest voice possible, this just young little perfect Irish queen coming over and saying that in my Lily Pulitzer dress, probably. And this man was so rude to me. So I kind of do, I've been like aching for a public apology from Perez Hilton that is on my list of secret desires. And I wonder if, well, well, he has your chance. I do want to continue to bully KFC though. Yes. Yeah. And I think doing cameo is the best way of doing that because I'm assuming he possibly has you muted or blocked at this point. Oh, no, I'm not blocked, but deaf muted. Yeah. Because he made it clear that he's a fan of the mute. (laughs) He did. In that video. He did. But yeah, I mean, I I also would like to know if anyone can tell me if you can like retroactively, we post it to our Instagram if you haven't seen it, if if anyone can tell me if you can like retroactively have someone arrested for driving and making cameos, I would like to submit that. (laughs) Yes, but I, I, we could potentially, I mean, we should definitely have like a, a, we should have a wish list of cameos. And I do think getting an apology from Perez might be. That could be in there. And when I was looking for a birthday cameo for you, I mean, it was like, it was 
it was almost overwhelming because I was like, what, like, where do I even begin? Like, do I go for something really typical? Do I go out of left field? Like, do I go for something totally random? I can tell you that one thing I did consider, but I considered it for like the briefest of moments. And then I was like, and then I saw the price and I was like, you are joking. Was I was going to get a <laughs> Taylor Swift impersonator to do a cameo Oh, no, you. that girl, Ashley. No, no, actually, I could probably no. get that for free. I feel uh, like I could, if I if I if I wrote the right DM, I feel like I could easily get that for free. But I know exactly who you're talking about. I think she's a pathological liar, but I can't tell. I think that she either is working in concert with Taylor Swift or she's a pathological liar. And I'm not exactly sure. But I love that that was your idea. <laughs> but then I was like, but if I'm going to pay, look, if I'm going to pay a wedge, then I do want them to be an actual person, not someone who's being somebody else. So it was, so I did abandon that. I abandoned ship quite quickly. You know, I think that I might have like also maybe oversold my enjoyment of Taylor Swift. I want to be clear about that. But <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know not like in a way that's like oh I'm saying that I actually am not a fan of Taylor Swift no I'm saying that like I think I I think I my brain does work different and I think that she does appeal to people that whose brains work differently and as much as I absolutely think that she I've fallen in love with her music through figuring out what I consider to be like how actually insane she really is but like not really insane but you know what I mean it's because I've had a peek into what I believe to be her insanity that I'm mm -hmm. as into Taylor Swift as I can and it does does occupy an unnecessary piece of my brain but like if I were to really my dream cameo if I'm gonna if I'm gonna come up with my David from real world Seattle Okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, okay. and I know that's, I'm just saying like that to me is like more actually truthful to my emotional compass than my bizarre Taylor Swift online behavior. Okay. okay. But I know, well, wait, so but wait, now am I, now I feel bad. Did you get me? I hope, I know. Taylor no, 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 Swift no, it's like, not, it's not, it's, 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 it's completely, it's something that you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect in the slightest. Well, you I'm just couldn't, like you couldn't even guess. Maybe I feel self-conscious because I have you know, I've, I'm nearly getting banned on TikTok because of some of my Taylor Swift TikToks and it's anytime I post anything, all of these little like, you know, 13-year-old virgins come in and they start reporting me to the police or whatever. And I, my TikToks, like get the sound taken off or like I go into some sort of weird purgatory. I always have to have my comments reviewed, even though they're not offensive because I feel like they're just mass reporting me mm. because I said Taylor Swift fucks and they, <laughs> that was like a huge controversial thing. And I'm like, obviously she fucks. Like, what are you new? But I don't know. It's the unfortunate thing of like being obsessed with the the lore that exists around a very famous person whose fans are miserable individuals. I get it. I get it. But you know, I've had like two of my favorite cameos that I've ever had in my life, just a shout out to cameo, is I had a birthday cameo from Chris Hansen calling me a predator, which was like so fun. 
and then I had um my husband got me a cameo from the I don't know if you know this Mills, but School of Rock is one of my favorite films from the kid from School of Rock who says you're tacky and I hate you and he did me a cameo and he called me tacky and said he hated me and it made my life how old is he now oh he's like a grown man okay well I love that I didn't know that about you about School of Rock I had no idea I, it makes me really emotional. I have to watch it once a year. I mean, I <laughs> it's on my unofficial list of favorite films. Like, obviously, the official list is like Silence of the Lambs and like Alien. But the unofficial list is just School of Rock all the way down. We do have Silence of the Lambs in common. That was like mm-hmm. a really fun discovery for us. Mm-hmm. That's the most fun about our friendship is that, you know, as much as we kind of really like feel very like – we're the same genre of person, but I don't, but we're also very much not. And I, every time I discover something else we have in common, I get very excited. And that was like a thrilling thing for me yeah. as was, as you know, the Paul brothers. So I, this is your thing. I think I didn't get to watch the January 4th reveal of what was supposed to be maybe like the next fight between Logan Paul and KSI. You... You watched and what did tell me? Tell me what happened. Tell me the results. So they'd been telegraphing, obviously, for for about a week leading up to this big announcement, and it was called like the Logan Paul and KSI: The Final Chapter. It was due to happen on Instagram, Instagram Live. So they go live on Instagram on the fourth of Jan, and they do kind of like a split screen with them kind of discussing. Well, they're basically, they would, it was like, they were trying to make it feel very, very informal, but now in retrospect, it's like, it's obviously a huge bit that's kind of been loosely scripted and they're talking about the previous fights and they're kind of uh, lulling you into a false sense of security that you might believe that they're going to announce another fight. So they're like, they're talking about, you know, Logan finally concedes that KSI won the last fight because, you know, there was that whole beef about Logan contesting the, the verdict so he finally concedes and KSI's like, oh, wow. So, you, so you're finally admitting I won. Okay, okay, that's fine. And then they like squash the beef. And then and then there's this like this really bizarre things happens where like they're saying like, oh, yeah, we should like hang out. Like, oh, yeah, we should totally like hang out in person. Yeah, like, oh, why you like come around? And then like Logan... I think it's Logan like disappears and like KSI is the only one on live. And then like Logan like pops open the door behind KSI and he's like, hey, and turns out they've been sat in rooms next to each other the whole time. And then they're on live and then they're kind of talking about this final chapter and they're like, well, we've decided that like, you know, we're ready to take to the next stage. And the TLDR of it all is that we are not enemies anymore. We're business partners. We've decided to go into business together. We've launched a business and we are, we've launched a brand new water brand together, which the name I always forget. It's like power or fuel or some other kind of like teenage boy thing. It's prime hydration. Prime. That's it. Prime. Prime hydration. And dude, Tiffany, once again, these boys just are doing it for me. Their distribution deal is crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't know too much about it. So they're going to be like carried in Tesco soon enough, I believe, which is like that's your 
Is that your big grocery store type thing? It, yeah, it's one of one of the big ones. And so their their drink is going to be available in like Target, Walmart, like Cro- like every single big store, GNC. Like it's going to be available everywhere in the states and they said it will be available in like 12 hours. And so I'm a, I'm just I don't know. Like I I think obviously this was like a drink that was developed retroactively or like they assigned on retroactively this was like a drink that was developed and they needed some sort of celebrity and i think that it has something to do with tana mojo's canned wine dizzy because she was also at the event which howie mandel was also at because she was making tiktoks with with all of them I think that some sort of major drink manufacturers is working on like attaching celebrities to drinks that they develop, but their distribution was unbelievable. Like it was beyond, it's the stuff that Shark Tank is made of. Like you see celebrity brands launch all the time and not have the sort of shelf space that this brand is going to have. And that is actually could be their greatest achievement as business people. This could be their vitamin water potential potential I think it's an I think it's interesting because like when you say it's the stuff that Shark Tank's made I totally get it because you know when you when people go into pitch like in the UK our version of Shark Tank is called Dragon's Den and there'll be people who have sort of indie food and drink brands that will say like we're in Holland and Barrow we've got like retail in Sainsbury's and that shelf space is really you know, it's like, it's, it's prime, <laughs> not to do the pun, but depending on how, depending on how well the initial launch goes, like supermarkets just want to do, they just want to do and try stuff on shelf space. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't continue, then they don't have any obligation really to continue to stock beyond their initial buy. So I think it'll be make or break in the next few months. Like if it manages to stick, then it will fucking stick. But if it doesn't, I think it'll be a bit of a, uh, they probably won't re-up and restock. So we'll see. We'll see. And and the only thing that's giving me like mild cynicism is when I saw the, I saw a picture of like the kind of prime hydration display at a, at a supermarket and it did look a little, it looked a little sad. <laughs> like it wasn't. I don't know. That no, I know. I, okay. So like, you're right. A lot of these big companies that own sports drinks and, and different water type drinks, they are owned by a parent company like Coca-Cola or Pepsi that's going to basically be able to ensure a spot on the shelves for them. What I do like about Prime Hydration for them is that it is not directly linked to either of them in any sort of visible way. And it Mm -hmm. could just become one of those things that people wind up passively buying because they like flavored water. Like I'm obsessed with hint water. I'm obsessed with it. It was started by this like woman who worked at AOL who basically was like, I just want to put like flavored essence into water. And it's, you know, it's calorie free. It includes, it's like, it includes nothing that's negative for you. It's basically water plus some essence, but they are leading in like their category. They are like the go-to essence water and they're not affiliated as far as I know at this point with any bigger company. And so these do, these breakthrough drinks do happen. 
Totally. And their branding is very, it like speaks to a Twitch streamer, Call of Duty player, like vibe. Like it just Who looks owns totally Celsius? at home. Doesn't like, doesn't, isn't Celsius owned by Russell Simmons? Oh. It, there's like a celebrity that's involved in, in in Celsius for a energy drink that's not carbonated does very well. Mm. Let's see. I, I think you're right. Like if they if they can secure the longevity of the product beyond their initial endorsement, then I think they'll be onto a winner. Yeah. Prayers for them. I think they'll do it. Okay, wait. Speaking of people we should be praying for, babe, this is iconic. Okay, so this girl just got on TikTok last week and she made a video after seeing some of Rebel Wilson's TikToks. Now, Rebel Wilson, we, we know, obviously, she's a fantastic comedic actress. She lost a lot of weight. Everyone's very happy for her in terms of her weight loss. It's sort of I hate to compare. It's very similar to like the Adele thing when it's like, oh, you just really, you look fantastic. You also look very different than how we knew you Mm -hmm. originally, which doesn't make a difference. But there is something. How do you? How do we talk about that without making it seem bad? Uh, it's such. It's a minefield. This really, because as we know. Losing weight is not always is not always a positive thing. It's not always done in a positive way. You don't really know what someone's going through. And so, like, to blanket congratulate someone for their body shape changing, I don't know. It's I, it's potentially uncomfortable. It's like, like, I don't even know how to have those conversations. I remember having a conversation with someone who had lost a bunch of weight and and she looked she looked really good and she was still like she was still very full figured and she was really beautiful before she lost the weight and and whatever and it was because she'd essentially like she'd gone vegan and like she wasn't whatever and we kind of had this like slightly awkward like conversation where because I knew she was like massively into body positivity and fat positivity and I so I but I thought she looked really good. So I'm like, how do I say, you look great. You look really good. And you look great before and, and whatever. But it's like, it's so challenging. I don't know how to have that without fucking up somehow. It's difficult because like, I know that I have like my mental problems anyway. And I don't think that I really, truthfully, I don't feel like I ever look at people and think anything like I would cry if my friends talked about themselves the way that I talk about myself, mm-hmm. but that's not going to stop me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, it's one of those things where like, you know, I know we're not supposed to do body talk anymore, but at the same time, when someone's made a big change, whether it's for health reasons or whatever, like, and they actually do look fucking fantastic, not it just didn't know, you know, I mean, you, it would be a lie to say that you're not seeing someone in it, it look differently than they used to. Yeah. And if you're, if you're used to seeing someone in a certain way for a prolonged period of time and they suddenly have a kind of extreme physical change, it bears remarking on. I, I, to me, I register it the same way as when like a blonde person shows up with like a striking brunette dye job mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, wow. Like you look fantastic. Like, 
sort of that type of thing. And she does. She looks fantastic. I think she has said publicly that she lost weight for health reasons, but she she looks very different. That aside, let's just play this video um, that started off a whole journey on TikTok. Like, let's seriously talk about Rebel Wilson. And I'm not even talking about her weight loss. I don't give a fuck. Good for her. I'm talking about the fact that she's doing some shit. She's on something. She's on perks. And I know it. I've watched her videos. I've analyzed them. Only someone on perks could be soulless like that. Okay? You Have you seen her videos? How uncomfortable they make you? They're not the funny Rebel Wilson we all used to know. Someone cloned her. And they're feeding that clone Percocets. 110%. Someone locked the real Rebel Wilson up, and I don't know who did it, and I'm trying to get to the fucking bottom of it. Okay. <laughs> she, I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Rebel Wilson does, she's, there's something, mm, soulless would be a way to describe, there's something, there's an essence of Rebel that I feel is um not present of late. Okay, it's in, okay, it's, yes, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I also want to say that sometimes with like a drastic weight loss, your features read differently. Like with weight gain or weight loss, my face takes on a whole different vibe. Mm. And it, I get what she's saying. Maybe I don't understand the perk part. Maybe I don't understand what someone on painkillers like seems or looks like. But I didn't. I wouldn't have thought perks. I would have thought like, oh, she's like kind of a celebrity that hasn't done TikTok. She maybe doesn't have someone running her day to day. I don't think Rebel Wilson's ever been that person that has an no. entourage. No. And when we've seen her in movies, she's usually paying, she's typecast, had been typecast traditionally as like the funny fat girl, which is a, which is a character that she's playing. And so like, if she's like relaxed, low key, then that, then she would just be different when she's not performing. That said, I've seen her in interviews and stuff. And she like previously had been really, really funny and really bubbly and like really quick and really on it. And, the, and maybe, again, it's because she's doing an interview, so she's kind of, like, pulling out that persona. And when she's just, like, in the house, like, on a live or whatever, she's like, fuck it, I'm chilling. Well, also, I want to point out she is 41. We do mm. know she was lying about her age for a very long time. She's 41 years old. That could also be what it is. It's hard to know how to act on TikTok, don't you think? Mm -hmm. No, totally. And And, and – we know from like people who are comedically supposed to rely on their weight in any capacity, which like I think it would be a lie to say that that's not something that a lot of actresses and actors over the years have had to lean into. Chris Farley comes to mind. Hmm. When you're leaning into like that character, I feel like you would be much more free in that way where you're not afraid about appearing ugly you know you're mm -hmm. not afraid about appearing uncouth maybe even just sort of just she really had embraced this thing that I think was actually very toxic for her as I think I it is for a lot of comedians who are praised for being heavy that's like you know comedy is one is one of those areas in particular where you know it's not being bigger that makes you funny but being bigger 
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And knowing that it's funny about you, I think, is a different mindset. And when you lose that weight, maybe those those things are just categorically not there anymore. And I so think that's really interesting. I think that's really interesting because to be a fat girl is to simultaneously be incredibly visible and incredibly invisible all at once. And fat girls can develop a protective shell that will that that basically like conceals the you know conceals the inner drama of like all of the kind of toxic shit that you're fed about your body from like a tiny age and I'm, I don't just mean fat girls I think people in general but but like there is a thing that happens with like wanting to make other people comfortable with your body and often that will happen through humor so like you will be and embody the thing that won't make other people or won't be perceived to make other people feel uncomfortable about your body so you'll just be kind of funny and deflect and absorb it and I think when that's gone you are if that had been part of your personality and your persona for such a long time it must just create a kind of identity crisis uh, you know and and how you like move through and present yourself to the world is completely different from head to toe now there's something about growing up or like feeling other in that way as well that sticks with you for a lifetime and it's very difficult to readjust and i think mm-hmm. people think of you as being odd 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, I always grew up feeling like very like overweight and ugly. That's how I always felt. And like, I think part of me still feels that way. Like just like an unfortunate looking ch- like, you know what I mean? And I, I have sensed in the past that like my feeling about myself almost comes off as like, I don't know, like she can't be serious. Like what, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's a little bit of what she might be going through is that warp of like, but you aren't those things anymore. And so now you're trying to like catch up to being this sort of recently remodeled version of yourself, but like also you don't know how to do that because you've never been that. Mm-hmm. And so it ends in you posting a boomerang of you to TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult, I'm sure, too, late in life to finally take off all that weight that you've had on your whole life that's been felt heavy in a negative way. Right. And and weight in both the physical and like emotional and spiritual sense too. But there's also like a, a realization, I think, if you have been through <clears throat> like dramatic body changes in either direction, there is a difference in the way that people treat you that like will often reframe how you feel about the world and how you how you interact with it. So like, you know, like a lot of people who had traditionally been bigger and then lost weight and then found that like suddenly the world of like pretty privilege is like opened up to you is often kind of a a really harsh and pretty sad realization that the way that you'd been treated up until that point like that, that something was being gatekept from you and vice versa like if you'd always been straight sized or or particularly having a desirable sort of typically desirable body and then you gain weight the way that people treat you is different and then you have another harsh realization which is that like well all of that stuff up until this point was that because of me or because my weight like it's so complex and so deeply coded that I think like it's it's like overly simplistic to say like she (laughs) she lost like 50 pounds and like a little bit of a little bit of herself but I but I wonder if a little bit of that is true because as you said she's 41 like this is a a huge change to have at that point in your life yeah yeah and I don't know what her life her young adult life or anything was like before that but I mean listen I don't think she's on perks but no there is maybe maybe she is though and good for her but anyway so this creator found out that rebel Wilson perks was like the second thing that you that like you could find when you like looked up her name it would be like rebel Wilson her actual account and then it would be rebel Wilson perks so someone started a this is will be linked in our description. Someone started a Rebel Wilson Perks account, which I guess is just a collection of videos in which they think that she's exhibiting behavior of someone who's on Percocet. I don't know. I listen as someone who deals with chronic pain. I don't know what that looks like to see someone out of their mind on on pills. Like, what does that look like to you? <laughs> My only frame of reference for Percocet is Nurse Jackie, and she was very high functioning when she was on Percocet. So I don't know. 
I would, it would be an odd, it's a really odd thing to choose. Like, why not just go for straight up oxy? Like, why would you have the paracetamol in there or the acetaminophen in there? Like, why, like, why choose that? I assume ugh, perks I were like big and a big problem in Massachusetts and, you know, to protect the, you know, innocent to me. I will just say that, like, what I heard about perks when I, you know, asked, what's the deal with this? Why is it this? Apparently, they taste good to smoke. Oh. But, like, not like, you know, a delicious cherry dinner. You know what I mean? Not like some fucking, some, like, delicious ambrosia type deal. (laughs) Not a mango jewel pod. It's like the way that if you like the smell of gasoline, you'd probably enjoy doing cocaine. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, yes. that. So I think it's one of those things and that's why it's Percocet. And I think also Oxy, listen, it's just don't do drugs, but with celebrities like this, I mean, it's, if she did have a surgery or two, it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that she had access to something like Percocet. And I'm wondering right. like what the bigger picture thought about that. I'm like, is that fat phobic to be like, oh, she got a gastric bypass and maybe some like, you know, skin removal or something. And now she's all fucked up on Percocet because she just looks happy and is bad at social media. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad theory. When you sent me the Rebel Wilson perks and for like a split second, I wonder if it was you setting up another TikTok based on the the one TikTok that you'd sent me earlier. And I was like, have you just made a whole account for this? But yeah, I don't know. Maybe no, I'm not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Because I don't, as someone who I, you know, I'm, I have big moods. I've had people accuse me of being on drugs when I've been dead sober. And I think it's just like sometimes if you've got like your own sort of way of being, people are going to like question that inherently. But you, okay, you sent me this video. I had seen it on my For You page. It wasn't, um, it didn't jump out to me as exceptional, but I feel like we're starting to see the emergence of a new trend with this. So yeah. This guy, David Needs Therapy, started doing this like video series about when he used to be a PA. And I think that this is a little bit of a commentary, whether they realize it or not. I think this is like Gen Z's sort of like commentary on blind item culture. And I think that part of the joke is that someone you or I, I mean, you and I got the joke, but like there's it's expanded to a point where I feel like someone my age could easily fall for something like that when it's like, no, they're doing a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's David needs therapy. Thinking about the time that I got to be a personal assistant for your favorite pop star. I'm not going to say her name, but I'm going to say she's levitating. And basically I had to go on a coffee run for her and she get a caramel macchiato every single day, but she wouldn't get it from like Alfred's. This was in LA. She wouldn't get it from like Alfred's or like a bougie coffee shop. She'd only want the caramel frappuccino from McDonald's so I would go and get the caramel frappuccino from McDonald's and she told me if I told anyone like eh, I'm done I'm out I guess she didn't want people to know that she like liked McDonald's because it didn't go with her like skinny girl aesthetic interesting um but basically one time I texted my friend about it and she was using my phone to talk to one of I guess someone that we worked with on the phone and she went through my text and searched 
like keyword search McDonald's and so I was already texted someone and that's how I got fired. And I wish that I was joking. And my NDA is probably up by now, so I don't really care. And also she's still friends with the baby. That was all up front. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. I think I think that that's legit and then the subsequent ones are obviously fake. And I tell you why I think it's legit. Because if Yolanda Hadid found out that Dua Lipa was getting coffee from McDonald's, <laughs> given how funny she is about policing the food of her children and then probably even her children's partners. I don't know. I believe it. I'm going to see that okay I'm gonna see that and I'm gonna raise you as she doesn't give a shit because she was dating Anwar and women like that don't care as much about their sons <laughs> okay <laughs> like I don't think like listen I mean Bella's dating the weekend known cocaine user okay mm-hmm. and she's not like I mean I think that she Yolanda directs her evil energy in a very specific way. I would say, if anything, Anwar is like, while a model, the least known, I don't think she's policing diets of Dua Lipa. Okay. I do appreciate what you're saying now. (laughs) I do appreciate what you're saying. Now this other girl, and I don't even know if I want to play it. We'll link it, but I don't know. Do you feel like we need to play this plant girl? No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, but you're right. This this whole thing. The reason why I wanted to bring it up is because it does speak to a trend that's bubbling and emerging. Yes. Well. Okay. So the other one, and we're not going to play it because I think by the third like video she did in the series about this, she started off by saying she's a, a celebrity plant waterer, and when she was listing all the different people she did, I couldn't stop thinking about like what a geographical nightmare that is in terms of getting around Los Angeles. <laughs> and there was just such a bounty of people that she was, you know, Ben Affleck only has a single aloe plant in his bedroom, but he has a nude oil painting of him in J-Lo above his mantle. <laughs> and like everyone is believing this. And then by the time we get to the third video, it's like, did you know, like Danny DeVito takes care of Rita Wilson's plants? Like, it's just, it's like, oh, we're on a different planet by the time we get to like... <laughs> all these steps out. But yeah, I think that like blind item culture is going to start being more commented on. This is fascinating to me. We were, one of our predictions was that the traditional wedding and family and sort of relationship is, is about to be fully out. We're not Mm -hmm. doing that anymore. And a true sign of I mean, I think it started in, like, a very heteronormative way, but then it got adopted by, like, literally anyone who decides to get a union, the wedding hashtag. Yeah, so that the idea that when you have a a big day, that anybody who comes and is taking pictures, because we live in a world where everybody now has camera, you're just not going to have your official wedding photographer, you can upload them with a hashtag and then later on the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom can go forth and find the the pictures and and shit that was from the day. That said, I I say bride and bride, groom and groom. I think this is a straight phenomenon. Yeah, entirely. Okay, so like it'll be like a classic wedding hashtag will be like, you know, let's say, I don't know, like it's like going to be a hybrid of the last names of the two people 
or like some sort of pun based on a mutual interest or I don't know. I mean, what like they're always I don't know, like they're pretty basic. And for some reason, we've reached the tail end of the not overpopulated wedding hashtag. Yes. Because you don't want to go and find, you don't want to go to Jen and Ken's big day and find another Jen and Ken in there. You need something unique. Not like Dale and Stacy. I have this like wedding cup for this couple named Dale and Stacy that I stole from a bar. I did steal. <laughs> I am the grandma. I stole. But I took it for Dale and Stacy. And I think about Dale and Stacy all the time. I don't, this is my thing. I cannot believe that this is now an industry. There are people being paid. There's this, I found this website called The Wedding Hashers. Oh my God. Fucking go to prison. Are you crazy? What are you, The Wedding Hashers. Oh my God. You guys, Venmo me $10 and I will come up with a better wedding hashtag for you then whatever this is, this is insane. I'm very good at naming things. I will put all of the money towards our cameo fund for this show. If you can, if you're so tacky that you even need to have a wedding that involves a hashtag, hit me up and I will do it for $10. There are people who place a bounty on this in, in different Facebook groups. It's wild. I'm looking at the wedding hashes website and I'm like, I would be really f- fucked off, actually, if I'd paid for this. Although I have to say that Nicholas Lavelle and Samantha Teeble had hashtag one Lavelle of a wedding. And that's so far the only good one. <laughs> I mean, we do that every week with our show titles. Every yep. fucking week. These people are pathetic. You guys are pathetic. Just <laughs> call me. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. This is insane. If you want to share your wedding photos like a fucking adult, you should have a hard drive or something that has an airdrop available because I don't, again, I'm not, I'm going to say this. I don't trust the way that you filter a photo. I don't trust Mm -hmm. the photo you pick. If you Mm want to be a friend to me, you are going to airdrop me the photos that you took at my wedding. Do not be selective. Don't be gross. I'm not going to make you look like an idiot on the internet. Okay? (laughs) Send them to my hard drive because this isn't the the hashtag thing is insane. It's show-offy. I think it's out of fashion. I think it's – this is a trend that needs to die unless you want to pay me because I'm going to – I'm not going to do to you what these people do. This is sick what they're doing, this wedding hashtag business. This is sick. Well, you can become a writer. Maybe we should submit you, Moz. We're very selective with our writers and we receive a lot of requests. If you think oh, I don't think. I, I don't know if I will. I don't know if I'll fit the mold of their. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Mine would be outside of the box. I'm tacky, but also in a fun, flirty way. And I would just, I would have. I'm going to go a little probably more intellectual, I'll even say, than these people. I feel like I dig deep. I'll dig deep. I'm famously good at naming things. So mm. I just don't know. Absolutely not. Prison. <laughs> well, the Do you have is- a wedding hashtag for your fake wedding? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it, it would it would have been a, a fruitless endeavor because we did get married in a Texas courthouse. 
by a judge I have to I have to send you the pictures there's the pictures are really funny because obviously we got married like real quick because we planned to have a proper wedding later but the (laughs) the guy who married us first of all we wanted to get married by a judge called Chuck Ruckle because I thought that was really funny but Chuck was not available so we had to get married by some other like justice of the peace and I think there was like a there was somebody who was being evicted in the corp just before we went in to get married. And then there was like a parking violation afterwards. But there are very few photos because I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want this to be like my real wedding. I was like, I want to have a wedding in the future. So there are a couple of pictures, but for some reason, the judge who married us, it's like, he's like front and center in all the photos and me and Billy just look like backup dancers so like there's pictures where he's like fully filling the frame and we're just like in we're just like hanging out in the back it's so wild it's like it feels like a fever dream I think that your hashtag should be something when you do have your big ceremony that your husband took your last name yeah but I mean the only person who could write that hashtag would be you most like oh no I know I mean well I feel like we could brainstorm but like I mean when you say that you're getting wanted to get married by a guy named Chuck I was gonna say like the chuckle fuckers should have been your (laughs) your name (laughs) well maybe we could get Chuck Ruckle to marry us properly for the second time and then we can be the chuckle fuckers yeah, you know, and I mean, like, I don't know if there's enough. I don't think you guys are utilizing a lot, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I think you're going for my new most hated word. I used to hate this word, but now I hate it again. Like, the twee thing. I feel like a lot of you guys, and I'm speaking just to people who are married and are tacky. You guys are going about it wrong. There's no reason why you should be out of hashtags. I play Wordle, okay? There's a lot of fucking words out there. <laughs> And you guys are using the wrong ones, okay? Like, let's pull, like, a cute historical reference. Let's pull something related to your family lineage. Let's pull something, like, we're not doing enough. And that is your problem, and that's why you're paying $200 some cunt in a Facebook group. (laughs) Pardon my language. Anyway, we texted about this briefly because we were both like, who? Yeah, this is big news. (laughs) Apparently, okay, this is actually, I just wanted to throw this in here because to me, this is like what you, this is the magic of a publicist. And I think that there's celebrities who use publicists very well. And like, I think Olivia Munn is a classic example of a celebrity who uses publicists really well. I think Jessica Alba used to be that very much. Mm. There are, certain people that just use publicists very one you can tell when they come along so uh, there's this guy named chris olsen who i don't know he's always like looked familiar to me but i don't know him and i guess he's a famous tiktoker he does make one of those hold on you've been scrolling way too long type videos but it's him (laughs) in like bed with a towel wrapped around his head saying like hey which but you don't need to do that if you're a man with short hair You really don't. So I don't understand why that is. But he's like, hey, I know it's so easy to stay on here and keep scrolling. But which I told you, I'm like, honey, that is a this is that's insurance. That's an insurance policy. When an app is preemptively telling you, just so you know, don't get addicted. And we're telling you so that when they're in a court case five years from now, because like people are exactly that's. Mm. 
the the only reason why an ad, they're not being nice, they're not trying to be helpful. They're trying to prevent themselves from getting sued. So apparently, him and his boyfriend Ian broke up, and it was like trending on Twitter, and there was like all of these. It had the full blast. It had like the E News. It had us. We it had all of like the big people that tweet about like a, the break news of a breakup when it's done through a publicist. And given that I've never heard of them, I have yeah. to assume that they hired a publicist to manage the news of their breakup. I guess so. I mean, I I read the article when you sent it to me. I've read it since. I still don't think that if one of these people held a knife to my throat and I had to identify them in a police lineup, I would be able to. Like I would have no, my brain can't retain who Chris Olsen and Ian Padgett are. It just refuses to. It just won't allow that information to stick. And I'm sorry to this man. I try so much. I do with this podcast, especially. I always, you know, we always pick things that catch our attention for sure. But I I do try to inform myself on on who certain people are. Some rabbit holes are not mine to chase, though, and I've had yeah. to accept that. With Chris Olsen, I don't know if it's, like, sometimes my aversion to, like, stereotypical white male gay humor on TikTok where, I don't know, there was a few that I followed at the very beginning of the pandemic where I was like, this guy's really funny. And then one day you just saw a switch mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you're cunty now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I didn't like come across this man earlier, Chris Olson, because apparently he's very big. Maybe I did and I just ignored. I swiped him away into oblivion. But he's... I don't know. Is he known for comedy, for being a personality? I don't know. I'm not going to judge it. He obviously is a big person. This feels like uh, like when Joey Graceffa and his boyfriend broke up. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I kind of know the, that name. Yeah. But like, I don't know. And it's not just, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's like comparing. But I think that he might have been on TikTok before like a more of a personality pre-pandemic. Mm, and now he's being catapulted to stardom with his uh, stop scrolling. I have a request, by the way. And that is like, I've discovered through you and through my husband that we have different like stop scrolling videos. I've never, I always get the same curly haired lady here in the UK and my husband has never had her. And I think it's territory specific. So I'm intrigued to know if there are lists, particularly in Bulgaria, like what's the Bulgarian, hey Bulgaria, what do you get when someone tells you to stop scrolling? If so, could you maybe screen record it and send it to me? Because <laughs> I would really like to see what other stop scrolling videos look like. Thank you. I want to know that too, because they, they did, so they had that one guy, Marcus, I think his name was, that was like, hey guys, I know it's really easy to stay on TikTok. And like, he was just this guy in a maroon shirt and he was very, he came across as very like calm and kind. Mm. And then there was like the black guy in his apartment who was like, wait a minute, hold on. You've been scrolling too long. And like, there was like literally like a insert of him pop, like popping a stop sign or something to, toward you. There was that. And then I wasn't, 
so much seeing like let's take a break TikTok for a while. And then Chris Olsen and then also a blonde girl with like euphoria makeup told me to hold on. And so those are who I've gotten. And I haven't seen first wait a minute, hold on guy or the second wait a minute, hold on on guy in a while. And frankly, I would say those ads are less and less. They're happening less and less. And I think they're integrating TikTokers with a decent amount of following intentionally so that people will continue to. But I mean, I wonder, I wonder if this is just like, like this weird, it does seem like there's a weird sabotage within the system to shadow ban someone. And when you associate a known person with the, wait a minute, hold on, you've been scrolling for a while type person are you encouraging people to scroll on that person forever? And did Chris hire a PR person because he's getting shadow banned? Oh my God. I love this. Participating in this campaign. I love this. I know. Maybe TikTok said, Chris, you're doing too much. Oh my God. You're so wise. I know. I love it. I I love it. Thank you. It makes total sense. I don't know. But oh wait, so let's get to something that really makes sense. I don't know anything about this. I do this Wonderland system. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've got very limited I've got very limited knowledge of it, but from my understanding, there is a person on TikTok called the Wonderland system who has a DID, dissociative identity disorder, with many, many alters who was making videos with all of these alters and very, very recently, a lot of these videos seem to be trending all over the FYP. The Wonderland system has now made their TikTok private and every, many other things ensue. There's a 40 page document that actually I found just before we started recording, which is a, a group doc with kind of links to most commonly asked questions and some of the breakdowns of who these alter alter egos are and then there's like a broader context for this which is that there are actually a lot of young people on TikTok who are uh, exhibiting exhibiting this and other disorders such as like borderline personality and whatever else and self-diagnosing as we know if you own TikTok you've been told you have ADHD at least once today so there's a whole thing around self-diagnosis as well so it's a bit of a weird rabbit hole Let's okay. So my intro to this was, I see my boy. I re, I say his name Depella, like the guy who wrote Struganona. But Marcus Depella is one of my enemies. He doesn't know this, but he's like the breed of of intellectual white man that like I hope chokes. And he made this video. So this is what I didn't tell you. I told you I was like, I'm gonna tell you why. I, why he does things he does. Okay. He oversimplified the GameStop shorting situation back in the day. And all of the apes came out of the woodwork and were like beating Marcus up. So Marcus decided to just make it very clear that he makes news videos for people with learning disabilities. Oh, So he's simplified, which I love because like now he talks to everyone like in such simple words that 
it actually overcomplicates what he's saying. And so I saw this video because we'd been following sort of the journey of teens imitating the tics of other teens with Tourette's. Right. Basically winding up getting a diagnosis that maybe they do not actually have or maybe also self-inflicting a tick upon themselves because they accidentally made it a habit, but certainly not inflicting themselves with Tourette's because that's a different category. So he makes this video about self-diagnosis and in it he mentions a word that we do not use anymore and I'm like okay this is one of my many opportunities to leave a shitty comment in his <laughs> on his TikTok which by the way you're banned if you bully on TikTok like if you talk to me and you're and I see you bullying if I if you follow me and I see you bullying someone in a TikTok section I will block you or I will message you privately to tell you why that was fucked up. I will. I will be a cop in that sense where I'll be like, you need to have more compassion. A man like Marcus, we do not have compassion for him. So here's this TikTok that he made for his learning disabled listeners. TikTok is in the news again, and it's not for a good thing. Apparently, there are videos floating around with the symptoms of borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder and multiple personality disorder and teenagers have been diagnosing themselves with those illnesses guys you can't diagnose yourself unless you've been to medical school stop it doctors across the country say they've been seeing more and more teens coming in with self-diagnoses from tiktok these doctors are getting frustrated because even if they can get teens to release these self-diagnoses the second they hop back on TikTok, they're getting the same messages about the disease over and over and over again. The best thing you can do is trust the person that went to school for a million years, not some random person on TikTok. Do you know what I picked up on that video? What? Well, it's not called multiple personality disorder, and it hasn't no. been for a very fucking long time, Marcus. And and actually, I feel like you're doing the, as someone who had to go to the special classroom, I feel like you are doing the learning disabled a disservice by using <laughs> language like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can say dissociative identity disorder, and you don't have to get into a whole thing. Like, I don't know who this man thinks he's communicating with, but it's actually infuriating. And I do, I think about suing him a lot. Like, I feel like we should start all the dyslexics, all the slows, all my mentals out there. We need to get together and find a lawyer and sue this man. Because I am not so challenged that I have to call something by the wrong name to process it. Like, that's actually upsetting. And I would like to sue on behalf. But he, like, announces this. And we'd known about that. So this Wonderland system has been going around. It's a – it's the host body – do you know the host's name? Well, from what I can gather about the host body, the body's life, the body uses they, them pronouns. They might have been born on October 8th, 2002. They live with their brother. They're a Libra. They were professionally diagnosed a year ago. But from here's the thing. Someone said something in this huge 40-page doc around the fact that the host doesn't even really exist anymore like the original name the original host like is basically no longer there that this person is just the sum of all their altars now there is no kind of main host person anymore 
So, okay. So there, you were fantastic and found a master doc that, I mean, I hadn't realized, of course it got to Reddit. I don't know why I didn't think it did, but this, they, the, the person who create, who is, I don't know, the person, (laughs) they have Essentially, like, if you've ever seen United States of Tara, that's what all I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, it's my girl Tara, okay, and all them. And from what I understand, dissociative identity disorder is when you go through such significant trauma at a young age that your personality splits into alters and these different – who and the alters are essentially their own people – that can step forward and take control, whether it's because of an emotional need that you have at that moment or a feeling that your body like can't otherwise, that the host itself cannot handle. Right. So whoever is capable of like releasing that sort of like behavior or information, because it can be, there are, there are hosts that aren't always, you know, or there's hosts that have alters that aren't always helpful. There are hosts that have alters that are actually very destructive. And that is, it's just a way of, I think, playing out that sort of human behavior through a different character. And this, they, the host, has 217 alters, which is considered to be an incredibly high number of alters. Yeah. I am relieved to know that this person is a legal adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a, like, the way that this person is being sort of inspected at this point, I mean, it's improper in my mind almost no matter what however this is what i'll say this person is an incredible at the very least there's a lot of people who are saying that that what they're presenting just cannot possibly be real like it cannot possibly it it goes against everything everyone's saying they're they're faking it goes against everything that is criteria Mm -hmm. for this type of illness right yeah, which is also a very, it's a very controversial diagnosis within the mental health professional community. There are some practitioners who are fully on board, and then there are others who sort of don't really, uh, don't really believe in the existence as is defined. I don't know if it, if it is it in the DCM still. Like, I wonder what it is in the DCM anyway. But it's it's a super controversial uh, disorder anyway. And and then this is like another layer of controversy because it's there are so many. I mean, there's kind of the way it's explained is that there there are like there are four subsets within the universe, and each one has about you know however many within that, and the some of those will have alters of their own. It's like it's very very complex. So you know we're five layers deep into the into the dip right now. Mm. Oh my god, I would love five layer dip. I think I can still eat that. I can I eat five can. layer dip. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. Guys, what make me a five layer dip. Get off your fucking ass. What are you doing? So listen, my story with this, okay? My story is that I think they're a fantastic world builder because this person has a 
sorry, this body has a world that their alters live in, but their alters are living on one island and several of the alters are, there's six marriages, I think, within the system and... I don't know. I mean, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. One the meanest, shadiest one I saw that like I actually did feel like very cut by on that person's behalf, on the body's behalf was but how do you have 217 alters and all of them are bad at doing makeup? Like that actually really hurt me. <laughs> well, apparently the body can't do makeup, but some of the alters are very talented when it comes to makeup, specifically Lena and Danny. So I don't well, know if we've I guess seen we'll their see, work. I don't know if we met them yet, honey. <laughs> no, but not feel yet. Feel free to bring them out any old time. <laughs> but no, it's listen, it's hard to not laugh a little bit. Because this is, you know, I mean, it's it. Listen, this is like offensive to the people that I think are genuinely diagnosed with this. And I wish almost that the people that were like really trying to like fuck up Trisha Paytas's life over saying uh, over something a much lighter version of this while still offensive. I wish that they were more leading the charge on trying to crack this system, so to speak. The body did have to go private on Twitter, or sorry, on TikTok this week. This document you found is fascinating because it's not only is it full of all the information that you might want to need to know if you want to know about this well, they say very clearly, no racism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, et cetera, of any kind. Please keep this as accurate as possible. And I really, I really respect that. There's also like different races to our alters, which is something. And also people say that traditionally with DID, like one of the criteria of it is that you like you wouldn't have a different accent they the body goes british with a lot of the alters interesting well i think to me there's like a a few things that stand out like one is i agree i think this person is a very imaginative world builder regardless can't take that away from them the other thing is regardless of regardless of a diagnosis or, or whatever someone who goes to this level of detail to disassociate from their self is clearly dealing with a lot of trauma regardless. So like whether they are presenting with the correct things in the DCM or whatever, I do think they should be allowed a certain amount of compassion because this is not (laughs) neurotypical behavior um, to say the very least. But I would also say, and this is like my third, like controversial, maybe controversial statement, but this document is so deeply, I mean, if you scroll like all the way down, there's like maps to the island and there's, you know, all kinds of levels of detail here. I would not be surprised if they had a hand in making this document because what a straight, like, can oh. we, Tiffany, can we? <laughs> Tell me. Like, can we go through the characters? Yes. <laughs> like, they definitely 
this is definitely not. I mean, this is a this is self-made. It has to be because nobody. Well, first of all, if it isn't self-made, I would really be concerned about this person because if somebody has the time, energy and inclination to make a 40 page dossier about them, I would be concerned. Well, but they definitely did this. Here's the thing. I think we say concerned about people that do, might do something like this electively online. But in my heart, I see that as someone who should have been like a lawyer but didn't have the resources. <laughs> because this is like a fantastic document that they put together. And I think there's a lot of people who their skills show up in I don't know, like in a way that's like it's impress it's incredibly impressive, but not to be like Sonia Larson, never. It has no marketable element to it. Like no. this, you could never market this, but this is something that only a very dedicated person could put together. Okay. Let's go through our altars. Number one is Dustin, he they, a demi boy. Ooh. asexual so we see that they label like the pronouns in yellow the gender in blue and the sexuality sexual orientation in green mm -hmm. so dustin's 18 his role as a protector his alter type unknown interest not zodiac signs not zodiac signs never zodiac signs other possibly named after stranger things <laughs> there's a lot of pop culture within this and this is like i'm thinking about a person who has spent a great amount of time escaping into into like the fandom of things they're really really passionate about and embodying elements of those characters and finding a place of sanctity and safety within it babe you're like... a writer you know what i mean <laughs> babe you're a writer yeah like and this is, yes, this is like, honestly, this is like kind of what I hope to do. If I can like figure out a way to do it, that's like not mental break adjacent. Like this is what I want to like do with my Taylor Swift advent calendar. My unauthorized Taylor Swift advent calendar is I want to show that like you can literally create any story you want with what you're given. Mm -hmm. You just need to figure out like this is okay so this is like actually a very healthy coping mechanism i think this is like an maybe an unfair diagnosis that or maybe you know i mean i feel like if i went to a doctor enough times and said i feel like i have this i feel like at a certain point they would give it to me mm -hmm. and the diagnosis for from what i understood from other people was that the diagnosis that they received was so quickly expedited. I think it was like within two weeks they got this diagnosis. And that is incredibly expedited for a diagnosis of this size. It also mentions in this dossier that this, the body has spent a, a number of years in the like mental health system, including sort of secure facilities. So... I mean, this it's is a writer. Yeah. This is a well. First of all, Pretty Little Liars villain, but also a writer. Okay, so Danny, this is character number two, goes by Tricks. This also. is the makeup artist. This is the one that's good at makeup that we've not. <laughs> so we're getting he, z pronouns. 
non-labeled gender pansexual, age 21, role persecutor slash other type, symptom holder slash EP. What's EP? Oh, I don't know. Extrasensory perception. I don't know. Executive. Oh, anyway. By the way, we're, we're currently reading this document with like seven other people right now. Okay, type, okay, interest, Melanie Martinez, guitar, extreme makeup, often has a cross under his eye, has lip sync TikTok acting video, E, political party, not Republican, not verified yet, other, fairly active on TikTok, has a raspy voice, fights with alters, has a guitar in the inner world, but cannot play in the outer world. (laughs) So I actually have, now now that I've thought about it, I have seen Danny. The cross under the eye is crazy that this is the makeup person. It's okay. and the, but then this is another reason why I went viral. A lot of people were passing around the sound of them saying that some of the alters are Republican in their system. Oh, and maybe I don't know if that made it to your country, but like that was a big thing with them saying like, yeah, some of my alters are Republican. And that's been going around a lot where it's, you know, the sound is basically just like someone who's negotiating amoral behavior, immoral behavior. Okay. So then let's see. Let's I have see to our- say, I love the can play guitar in, like in the inner world, but cannot play in the outer world. Sounds like something that I would <laughs> use as like an out, which is like, no, 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 no. I can only play guitar in the inner world. Sorry, guys. I mean, I can hold the guitar in the outer world, but I couldn't possibly play it here in the outer world which is like a good way of not actually having to learn guitar. Yeah, I think that that's per- that's like very Canadian girlfriend. We have okay, Lana or sorry, yeah. La- oh wait. Laana, I think it is based on this. Oh. Relationship when? dating Jackson. Interest Melanie Martinez, extreme makeup. Others starts almost every video with a so uh hi doesn't have a favorite color fronts regularly has a higher pitched bubbly voice like okay so what's with Melanie Martinez this is no. the Tumblr thing yeah well this they apparently they have a Tumblr but it's unverified but it's most likely authentic I'm gonna check out the Tumblr. Here's uh, number 77, Tony, suggested to use he, him pronouns, suggested to be gay, appears on Spotify, has her own playlist. One, likely a big fan of Bo Burnham, Penelope Scott, Girl in Red, Cave Town, and Melanie Martinez is suggested by multiple inclusions in Tony's playlist. Spotify playlist cover has a gay flag suggesting Tony is gay and says he, him, suggesting that Tony uses he, him pronouns. So... Like, I was <laughs> – you sent me this article. I was, like, in the middle of something, and I I reread our text, and I was like, oh, I feel like that could have been read as me being very, like, cold the way I responded to you. But Vogue posted an article or published an article on their website saying that, like, the 2014 Tumblr girl is back, and I just wrote back, like, oh, I was off Tumblr by then. <laughs> But it is true. Like, that is the disconnect for me. And I think a lot of this, like, twee culture and all this stuff is that I wasn't on Tumblr when all this was happening. Mm -mm. 
I was off Tumblr by then too. But as I said to you, I have no, like, I have no concept of time anymore. I have no idea what a fortnight even is or feels like or what five years is. So like 2014 is, could be really recent or it could be 20 years ago. I have no idea. Who fucking knows? I'm so tired of, hmm, yeah, all of it. I really am. I think I'm tired of all of it. And I'm never doing anything on trend ever again. I'm done. I am going raw dog, me, full blown. I don't care if it's appropriate office attire. I don't care if it's interview behavior. I'm going to be fully myself and we will work around whatever that is. And if you don't want to work around that, then I guess I'll be homeless and die. Okay. (laughs) I love it, but I want to do, I want to get a little parasol this year. I want to go full goth again. I've decided. I think you should. I think that that's, I, yeah, I agree. I think you should do that. I agree. But can we end this episode with my most favorite Marcus DePaula video of all time. Yes, please. Let's do it. Marcus's first big video was during one of the protests that turned into like a riot. It was a police, it was a protest against the death of a young black man and it turned into a, like, you know, a, it turned into a situation. That's how Marcus like first got his name out there. And then he joined TikTok I remember pretty early on into my TikTok experience coming across Marcus, and at the time, he had just moved back to his mom's house, I think, and was living in the literal basement, and had sort of made himself this, like, I'm going to give you the daily briefing sort of four times a day, like, whatever the big stories are, I'm going to keep you in the loop, and... I think when Rush Limbaugh died, he made some sort of video that implied people in the South were unintelligent. And it went massively viral. And he wound up get, like getting this huge new following from it. And as a lot of creators do, when they get this like rush of new listeners, they like make a video being like, here's a little bit on who I am. And thanks for following. This video is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Of course, I will post it to our Instagram and Twitter so you guys know exactly what we're talking about. This video is one of the most... I just think about it a lot. It broke my neck the first time I saw it. He's like this guy that... I mean, how would you describe... Like, Do you think he even films on an iPhone? I don't know. He's definitely a... like. He gives me shades of a, a very... A very knockoff, very budget Philip DeFranco with, uh, I don't know. Well, he's like Philip DeFranco who takes himself seriously in the yes. opposite way. Because, yeah. like, this man is, like, very, he feels very oppressed, right? Like, where Philip DeFranco makes a meal out of giving, like, moderate takes on news in like a you know with a studio with like a staff of 15 Marcus is just fucking white knuckling it down in yes. his parents <laughs> he really is basement with like sometimes around this time also 
My favorite was when he like showed up to. Oh my god! Like I feel like he was on the the lawn of the White House the day of the insurrection or something. Like Marcus started to try and put himself into the mix, yeah. And so he had this like nude, flesh toned like microphone that he was wearing for a while, and then he stopped wearing it. But he just talks to the he talks to the camera with his like you know fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut and his like black plastic glasses and there's something like he was wearing this red t-shirt or this red sweater always and then at some point he stopped wearing it and then he made a statement about like I don't want people to tell me when I have to wear my red sweater I'm not going to be wearing my red sweater anymore don't tell me to wear my red sweater and like and it's like dude it's because like you made like you made yourself recognizable as the guy who pops up with this red sweater like don't be stop being like a player hating yourself truthfully okay so this is the most famous Marcus video I think about it all the time so it opens up real quick with a shot of someone, I think, being hit with like a some sort of like gas bomb type thing. Like he's getting like it's someone a cop is like throwing something at an innocent civilian with a painted sign. OK, that's the first like two seconds of this video. It starts very graphic. <laughs> Hi to all my new followers. Thanks for checking out my page. I'm sure you're here because of this Texas video. I very rarely express opinions, but when I do, they're usually strong opinions. And since people are more likely to share strong opinions on their personal social media, there are now a bunch of new people following me. Hi, it's nice to meet all of you. My name is Marcus. Uh, I was born in Boston. I'm a freelance field producer. I normally work for mainstream media outlets. I've been in journalism since high school and at the national level since 2014 when I first covered the Ferguson riots. I'm usually dating 10 to 20 women at the same time. And yes, the ones that play PC games are my favorites. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like literally the intermittent like Riot scenes from the Ferguson yeah. riots mixed with him. What is that? Some Cantonese he's dropping. Like yeah. it is the most insane. He's he's dating sixteen women. Well, and yeah, and he did go viral, remember, when he introduced his girlfriend and everyone did those insane stitches where he was like, hi, it's my birthday. And because it's my birthday, it means I get to introduce you to my girlfriend. Yeah, her name was like Brie or something. Yeah. And I I do have a couple of those videos that I sent to myself earlier. And it was because I – well, for me, after having seen this video – I felt in some ways that maybe Bree's lack of enthusiasm could be read as her feeling like, well, you have 16 other girlfriends or 15 other girlfriends. Why are you introducing me? Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's why she felt prisoner or felt like, you know, a prisoner or seemed like one. But yeah, I mean, this man's out of control. Like this is who this is who we need to talk about in society. We need to keep an eye on him. 
these like, you know, yes, like he's educated. He's definitely reasonably educated. Mm. But it's not someone that we need to like. This is not who I want communicating to my learning disabled child. No, no, no. I <sighs> he this reminds me of and I knew that this would happen with TikTok. You know when like things that were popular on other platforms like you come to a new platform and you can suddenly like reestablish yourself on it like things that were cool and trending on Instagram that sort of fell out of favor have now like come back on TikTok in some way. The like rogue roving reporter which is like without any real sort of journalistic integrity, I remember was like such a like ludicrous thing on Twitter. You know, when there would be people who would just like, they would name themselves after like the city that they were in and then they would like give themselves the unofficial title of reporting all the news. Like he thinks he's the official TikTok <laughs> news guy, I guess. Well, like, listen, I actually, in the spirit of journalism, I actually think people who do that are very important. Because I feel yes. like, you know, especially in a world where like mainstream media is so corrupt and as you know, we talked about Molly Golightly and the Gabby Petito case and people who sort of made it their business to be involved in something where it's like, okay, babe, your intentions are questionable at the bare minimum. I... I do think that that's like an important role in life. I think that there is like an impossible type of personality that is drawn to that. And it's giving Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, he's no Brian Entman, who I think is like the gold standard for being able to like place yourself physically somewhere and like with some journalistic integri integrity, like tell a story from a, from a, a really valuable and important perspective. I don't think Marcus is that. <laughs> I no, I definitely would like, I like would lose it all for Brian yeah. Enton. Same. Absolutely. Like at the yeah. same, like no question. I would fucking like, no, I would lose my life. I would lose my life to go down there and be his Miami wife. I would do anything, do anything, truthfully. But, you know, these these characters emerge and, you know, I feel like all of these, like, Republican men are very threatened by the idea of, like, inclusivity and diver uh, diversity and, like, keeping, yeah. you know, like, making spaces more neutral. They're very threatened by that. But, like, I want to be clear to all of my white Republican male listeners right now. I'm not even trying to get rid of you. I'm trying to get rid of him. Okay? I'm <laughs> You are actually not my priority. My priority is this weirdo. Okay? So, like, don't be less threatened. Okay? Let's, like, extinguish the real fucking weirdos, which is Marcus and this bullshit. Okay? There's a couple more, and if you would like to subscribe to my newsletter, I'll email you the rest of the list. Tiffany, this was like a fun, flirty episode, I think. I think so. I have a special, I have a special gift for you for the sign-off, which is when I turn on and off my Hello Kitty flip phone, it says hello. Oh my yeah. God, yes. Tell us about your Hello Kitty flip phone. Okay, wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's mostly un not functioning properly at the moment because it doesn't have a SIM card or a memory card. But I tell you what I can do, and that's listen to FM radio on it. I tell you what I can't do is turn the volume down. So I can either listen to FM radio at an ear bleeding volume 
or nothing. But when you first turn the phone on and when you turn it off, it does this really cute animation where Hello Kitty walks towards the front of the screen and it plays a song. So I thought I would play us out with the Hello Kitty like intro song. Oh my God, please. I don't even know which button I have to use to turn it on. So like, take your time. (laughs) Hold the line, please, caller. And then I'll make sure I hold it up to the mic. I'm pressing all the buttons. Also, I couldn't even turn it on for several days because, oh, hang on. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank that you. was incredible. Oh my God. What a <laughs> gift. What a gift. So yeah, you got a Hello Kitty flip phone. If you want to send oh, me the going. link for that, I can maybe put that in the Sorry, she's going. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to send me the link for that, I'm sure other people would it's be very cute joining you on your new cellular network. It's very cute. I was thinking about Like maybe I can put a SIM card in it and then we can just put the phone number on the internet and then if anybody wants to call my Hello Kitty flip phone, they can. Oh my God. I was going to – yeah, so you're going to get – okay, let's make that the Trend Lightly hotline. Okay. Okay, brilliant. (laughs) I'm very down for that. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, sorry for my anger issues. I'm sure after Capricorn season is over, I'm going to go back to just being like regular angry sometimes. (laughs) But Marcus is the problem, and I'm not going to be blamed for that. Tiffany, you're the best. Do you have any parting words besides your Hello Kitty jam? No, just like I'm so happy it's Capricorn season, and let's channel all that energy towards you so that you can absorb it. You really are a giver. You guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That look like a Delta G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the ceiling Now I watch it hit the flow Now rag it up huh? Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up huh? Back, back, bag it up King, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up She said, where you at? Say I'm Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way. Thought was important, but I moved her right about the way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why your shirt orange like a pumpkin? Mama call me, ask me how college is. I said, bust. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. 
Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.